Very good morning, everyone. Tuesday, February 21, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. And, uh, yeah, morning to you. We're, we're, what, nine days out from the start of the NRL season. Uh, we've got uh, significant issues over there in India with players coming home. Well, not quite on mass, but certainly some significant players coming back home uh, from the tour with us 2-0 down in the series. But uh, we've uh, had an addition here in uh, the central broadcasting position for the Big Sports Breakfast because the great Lozer is back and uh, he was just saying to Jono out there, as Jono sort of mentioned the multi, he goes, I move on pretty quickly. Um, dare say that's not the case though, Loz. <laughs> Time to bask in glory. Morning to you. Oh, morning everybody. Um, look, it's no big deal, Bido. Just <laughs> start the year off with a win with a multi. Uh, very good performance, too, by Roots and Osipenko. Osipenko is going to be a very, very good horse into the future. Um, but, no, it was uh, great to, uh, to see everyone uh, get a result uh, on the weekend. So, again, thank you for supporting, and hopefully we'll produce a few more. But, you know, it's not about me today. It's got to be about the Australian cricket team, as it was yesterday. Oh. I'm assuming plenty of people would have been unhappy. Is that right? Uh, fair to say... Mm. No pun intended. The bats came out in force yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible to watch, though. I, I sat. I think I was just telling you. I sat there. You know, had a decent drink on Saturday. Sat there Sunday afternoon, tucked up on the couch. So, mm. gee, we're a, we're a chance here. You let your mind wander. Within an hour, mm. froth and bubble. Couldn't believe what I was watching. And uh, yeah, we had a decent post morning yesterday. Wasn't it? Jeez, oh, disappointing. so disappointing. So disappointing. And I think it can be traced back to the Big Bash, to be honest. And, uh, well, Andrew McDonald, though, yesterday, some comments from him. He said he wouldn't change a thing about the preparation, Clark. He wouldn't change a thing. I think that's really naive. But uh, morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, boys. Uh, morning to our listeners. Let's have a day off cricket, shall we? Can we talk about something else, please? Well, I'm sure we will, but I want to get stuck into the cricket. I have no doubt. Because... I'm I glad you weren't here very, yesterday. Very, very ordinary. Hang on. So Andrew McDonald has said he wouldn't change anything. Wouldn't have changed the preparation at all. Surely they're going to admit that they got the preparation <laughs> wrong. They should have had a lead-up game to this test series. Well, if it's the biggest thing that they're preparing for. But they also said they got their selection right in the first game. And in the second game, they brought Travis Head back. So that obviously tells you... They admitted that they didn't get their selection right in the first game. Yep, you would think so. He uh, he said, you know, just on what went wrong in the second test, particularly the second innings, uh, he admitted that he admitted they went away from their game plan. They've got to be better. He conceded that they need to find the balance between attack and defence and being able to rotate the strike. But, uh, yeah, the one when he was pressed on the preparation wouldn't change a thing leading into the series. They had, to have, they had to have played a, a, a trial game over there. I, I know they said that last time they went over there and India had docked it up the pitch, but again, it's still practice in those yep. conditions. Now, yes, there might have been some grass on the pitch, but what you, you have always said, you don't need to go on the pitch Mate, you can, either, by the way, well, when, when you're you, in India. It's more time in the nets, nets. as well. Mm. Like That's the other thing. When you go to India, you have – so let's say there's a squad of, oh, in this case, 18 – Australian players are in the squad. Then let's assume there's 16 staff members, mm. right? So it's a big squad already. You can add another 15 net bowlers onto that as well when you get to each venue. There are Indian kids everywhere, yeah. cricketers all around that country that fly or come from wherever area they can to bowl to the Indian cricket team and the Australian cricket team. So you can bat for hours and hours in the nets. So even if you didn't get you know, great facilities for a tour game. Mm. You still got an extra week, seven days, 10 days, whatever it takes to be to be training and preparing in those conditions and every part of those conditions. You've also got an extra week for your body to acclimatise to that heat, to, you know, when you bat. Like you can't, it's a completely different clay in India that you bat on. Mm. The actual pitch is completely different. It's that orange clay where... No matter what you produce in Australia, it's yeah. not it's not the same. It's like if I go and order Indian from Rose Bay Indian, it's not the same as eating Indian in Hyderabad. Mm. 
like it just it takes a week, I reckon, for your stomach to acclimatize to Indian food. Then add heat. Then add batting, bowling, fielding conditions. Like it's just every part of it. Traveling in India, getting on an aeroplane. Yeah. Like it's everything. Every single part of it is very, very different to Australia. The other one I can't believe is that they haven't admitted that they've got the selections wrong, and they haven't admitted that they've picked the wrong players to go over there. Because you look at, um, look Hazelwood. He's now coming home. Mm. So he he's injury, it must have either got worse over there or he was in extreme doubt to play a part of the series. Anyway, they took him. Um, Ashton Agar, they've just by, bypassed him. He, he'll never play for Australia again, that kid. No. By the sounds of it. Yeah. You know, so Embarrassing for him, really. Well, when you're flying in Matthew Kuhneman, mm. what, two or three days before a test and rushing him straight into the team. Yeah, you've got to feel for Agar. You know, that, that, that to me said it all. I, I think they just stuffed it up. They've stuffed it up right from the start. He must have got out of bowl or something. I don't know what's happened with him over there. But uh, uh, we'll break it down more, particularly those players who are coming home featuring in the papers. Hopefully but... Paddy's okay as well. Pat Cummins, obviously yep. there's some concerns there. With, I, don't, I don't actually know exactly what's going on, but uh, thoughts are with him and his family at the moment. And again, family always comes first. So if that means he's home for a couple of days and gets back for that third test, then fantastic. If that means he's home for however long, um, as hard as it is for you know cricket lovers to try and comprehend leaving that Indian tour right now, I've always said, and, I, and I'll stand by that, that family has to come first. So hopefully everyone's okay in regards to him and his family. And Lozzie, you're over over in New Zealand for the weekend and uh, they've been dealing with their own tragedies mm. and an awful situation over there with a terrible cyclone, particularly on the North Island. And uh, Isaac Luke's father actually uh, unfortunately passed away a casualty of what's going on over there. How, how were the people over there and... Uh, you know, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Obviously, they're very resilient. Um, but over in New Zealand, it got caught by surprise. Like a lot of these things, when they happen, uh, you're not expecting it to be as bad as what it turned out to be. And even just in the cab going to the airport yesterday, listening to the news, it said that there's still six, 7,000 people that have been uncontactable since it happened. Mm. Just, just cut off, off the grid, yeah. Mm. And there's you know places that they just can't get into. There's been landslides. There's been flooding. There's been horrific damage to um, property, um, animals. So it's yeah, it's it's had a big um, impact on them over there. But when I was there, the weather was beautiful. You wouldn't have thought there was a hurricane. You wouldn't have thought there was flooding. Um, it was a beautiful. Kiwi summer's day, but uh, yeah, they're struggling over there in some places. And for us, you know, my family over there and Michelle's family, um, they, they were pretty good. They got away not too bad, considering what could have been. How shocked were you with the World Club Challenge result? 13-12, St Helens over Penrith at 19.5 point outsiders. Uh, yeah, I thought that Penrith would win. I dead set thought Penrith would win. I, I saw it on the television, but I couldn't hear the volume because I was out. Um, it looked like it was raining, wasn't it? Yep. No, there was some crazy storms uh, came up out of nowhere on Saturday afternoon. The yeah. A-League game at Campbelltown actually went for four hours because they had to keep delaying it due to the lightning. Right. And no, well, they, were, they were good. From what I saw um, and what I've read, uh, Jack Wellsby, uh, we spoke about him before the game. Uh, this exciting young player from St Helens Club. He was very impressive in the World Cup last year uh, and he's played really well in the two games out here in Australia and there's you know, club circling him at the moment. So I was surprised that Penrith lost, but um, you know, well done to St Helens. They win the World Club Challenge. Um, they came out here. They wanted to get the job done. They, they prepared well. They had a trial game against the Dragons. Then they came... Uh, and got the job done against Penrith. P- Penrith are a bit rusty with the footy, uh, as to be expected. Um, they were missing a number of players from their grand final winning team the previous season. And I also see that Taylor Bay was injured in ACL, that game. ACL gone. out for the season. 
So on top of – he never played in the grand final, Taylor May. It was Charlie Staines on the wing, but he's now gone to the Tigers. But Taylor May was a, a mainstay of that team last season, and he'll be missed. So Penrith are finding it – well, will find it a little bit difficult to try and get that three-peat. Um, I don't know whether their prices drifted as such, Mido. No, I had a look last night. It was still $4. Yeah. I think they're unders. Yeah, I couldn't come in at them at four bucks. Mm. Oh, see, for me, I think the Roosters... Are the and that's team. not writing them off. They're, they're no, worthy no, no. competition favourites. No, no, no. They're going to be a good team. And I yeah. still think they, they're capable and they will finish top four. Um, but again, you know, without Kikau, um, Liam Martin has to come back into that team. Dylan Edwards comes back into the team. Yeah. Dylan Edwards, he's such a um, great fit for the style of footy that they play. So when he comes back, he'll offer them plenty. Um, but they, they'll, they'll be very competitive again this year, Penrith. And I still think they'll be top four. And they're still a massive chance of winning this competition. And the Aussie cricketers. So back page of the telly, uh, sweeping changes. Warner set to miss rest of series. Hazelwood sent home. Cummins in Sydney for family issue. Uh, back page of the Herald. Cummins heading home as tour troubles mount. Is the headline there? Fears for Warner as Hazelwood exits. So as Clarkie mentioned, Pat Cummins, uh, a family illness, seeing him back home, but he's likely to be back. Uh, initial report suggests for the third test, which starts next Wednesday. So eight days' time there in indoor. Uh, Josh Hazelwood has failed to overcome an Achilles injury. Is heading home. Gee, hasn't played much Test cricket in the last what probably eighteen months now. Mm. Josh Hazelwood. Yeah. Uh, it looks like David Warner's out of the series with that hairline fracture to his elbow. Uh, it's to be determined, though. Uh, Andrew McDonald, some comments yesterday said that there'll be no rush in in the decision on Warner, but uh, it looks like if he's got a little hairline fracture, he probably won't play. Considering now the series, at least our chances to win the series are gone. Maybe. Uh, Mitchell Swepson, though, because you forget that he returned. He had the birth of his first child, so he's apparently going to go back to India now. So you wonder whether he could come into consideration. Four spinners, maybe, Mido. <laughs> Four spinners, no quicks. <laughs> but, uh, so that means Ashton Agar will go home too, won't Oh, it? probably. I mean, if or you're they just cheap you. It is interesting, Clark. If you are Ashton Agar, I mean... You've seen what it's like, players on the fringe, and how lonely it can get for those squad players yeah, on a place. tour like this. Does he put up his hand and go, "Look, maybe I'm, I'm better off going home around, you know, going and the Shields on at the moment, of course, as well, the back end of well, the Sheffield I, Shield I, season." It's not fair for me to comment because I don't know what the issue is. I, I don't know. I, I still, I haven't read or heard enough to say that Ashton Agar isn't. Um, isn't fit to be on tour, I I would have picked him in the first test. Mm. He would have been my second spinner in the first test. So I still don't know what the problem is, why Ash hasn't been given an opportunity. I've read a few comments that they're saying he's not bowling well in the nets. Mm. <laughs> that that means nothing to me. Um, but you'll have five spinners over there. So if you've got five spinners over there, what Ash Nagar, there's no point holding him over there. He's better off to come back here and build his confidence and play some shield cricket. Why is Mitchell Swepson flying? He's just had a child. Yeah. Why is he flying back? Are they, they going to drop a spinner to pick him? No, who, they probably what? just want him there as cover. So that's what I'm getting at. Like, Who are they going to drop? They probably won't drop anyone. Well, Kuhneman went over there for Swepson. Yeah. So Swepson could come home for the birth of his child. So... But he, did, but he played the but test then match. But he played the test yeah, match. Not, mate, you're not flying him home now. Yeah. It, it, they've picked, they flew him over for Swepson and then picked him in front of Ashton Agar. So if they're justifying sending someone home to bring Swepson back, it, it will have to be Agar. The amazing thing about this is they told us how great the planning was heading into the series. It looks like they've got no idea really what they wanted to do. Anyway, yeah, the injuries have hurt, though, particularly to, to Stark and uh, Cameron, back Green, Cameron Green. So well, they're expected to play or be available well, at least. It doesn't, the wouldn't have mattered if Stark was fit that we picked one quick. Well, for that test, yes. So if Stark was fit last test, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm. Or Hazelwood was fit, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm. So the, really, the only injury, the only injury that we're talking about it that has had impact on this series so far is Cameron Green. Yet... The guy they picked for Cameron Green in this test, Peter Hanscom, was leading run scorer in the first innings. I want to know how we're going to go if, when we lose the toss. Well, that's it. You, actu- you actually don't. 
That's can you take that back? You don't want to see how we go when we lose a toss <laughs> because we've had the best of the conditions. Yeah, in both test matches, and we've gone on to lose. Gee, the front. And, and there's been so much focus on you know the collapse yesterday, but we what what had two sixty three in the first innings. We had them seven for one hundred and thirty nine mm. in that first innings, and then uh, Axar Patel uh, again. Yep. There was a what, 114 run stand for the eighth mm. wicket there, which really really yep. hurt us. Uh, any, what, what about David Warner? What do you think happens here, uh, Clarky? Well, if he's, I don't. I think if he's not fit to play this Test match, the third Test, he goes home. No point keeping him for for the fourth. Mm. Um, Hairline fracture. I mean, you know, you, you can play with that though. Yeah, that's that's why I think it's interesting because mm. that is an injury, like you say. Well, you you, well, that. you can play like it, it, that's dictated but, by pain, really. Mm. Like, if he can hold the bat and feels like he can bat properly, he can, hmm. because there's a fracture, it's like sometimes a bruise hurts more than a break. So you can, yeah, you play with stuff like that all the time. But if he can't hold the bat, it's his bottom hand, isn't it? I think it was his bottom hand. Ooh, not, yeah, I'm not 100% yeah, sure. So, yeah, that'll be more dictated by pain. So maybe they'll keep him, let him bat in the nets and see how he goes. Um, if it feels right, he plays. If it doesn't, then he doesn't play. If he doesn't play, oh, well, oh, I don't know because they've, what they did with Travis Head, now I'm questioning, can they pick him for the Ashes? Because if it's horses for courses... Oh, it, David Warner. Yeah, David Warner, yeah. like oh. I don't, oh, To me, Dave, if David's fit, he's playing. Got Simple play. as that. Simple as that. But, yeah, oh, mate, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Honestly, I... Uh, and like I say, their comments after the first test match saying they didn't get the Travis Head selection wrong surprised me. And now um, Mac Andrew McDonald saying he doesn't, he wouldn't change anything. That surprises me as well. And I understand. I know what it's like when you're in that situation as well. You're in the team. You're in that bubble. You want to make sure you just not. Nah, we're just living with our decisions. Yep. That's it. Even What's though next? you might feel something different, you just say, "No, nah, I've got to say this." Gets us, allows us to move on. Uh, concentrate on the third test. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they go from, even with selections now. Like if, if Stark's fit, if Cummins does come back, do they go back to two quicks and play two spinners? If they play two spinners, do they play the two right arm offies? Do they, you know, what happens now? So they do they keep Travis Head in the middle order if Cameron Green's fit? And that means there's no Peter Hanscom, who was our leading run scorer in the first innings. Uh, and they didn't pick Travis Head in the first test, but now they're going to pick him over Peter Hanscom. I'm confused there. Do they open the batting if Dave Warner's not fit with Matt Renshaw or Travis Head? They pick Matt Renshaw in front of Travis Head in the first innings, which tells me they think he's a better player of spin. So he'll probably bat at five. And then Travis Head will open the batting. I, mate, it, it's just it's, it's so hard to work out at the yeah. moment. Hanscom's been good. Yeah. yeah. Hanscom's been, Hanscom played really well in the first innings. Good. Yeah. Matt Renshaw's been all at sea, yeah. to say the least. Hasn't fired a shot. Uh, now, the Dragons, the Omens. Gee, I'll tell you what, the Omens are not good heading into this season, are they? Uh, Denny Widler, who's back this morning after 8 o'clock from the Nine Network. And uh, he had the story on Nine News last night. We received some texts about this yesterday. Um, I was waiting to get some confirmation. but uh, So after the 42-24 to loss, ordinary loss it was too in the Charity Shield there at Mudgee, the players had a night out. Uh, they got back to the hotel and, uh, you know, a couple of players had a heated argument. Not uncommon in rugby league teams, as we've spoken about here in any sporting team, as we've spoken about for a long time. But uh, apparently other players had to intervene. There were no punches thrown, but, you know, quite a substantial argument. And the headline on the back page, uh, well, of the Sydney Morning Herald is Dragon's Pair Found in Drunken Argument, but also on the back page of the Telegraph, 6am alarm, Dragon's drunken dispute prompts early morning wake-up call. So uh, the Telegraph and Dean Ritchie's written this article sort of saying that this argument occurred at 6am on the Sunday morning. So they've had a decent night, uh, to say the least. But uh, the Dragons, as we've said, it, they need everything to go right. And it looks like at the moment nothing's going right. No, and again, you know, in a footy team, to have an argument between two players is a common occurrence. Mm. But the problem is they've been touched up by South Sydney, the Charity Shield. They've allowed the players to go out and have a couple of beers and they've taken it too far. They've come back 6am in the morning 
which is not a reasonable time. And I'm not being a wowser. Because I say to players after the games, go and have a good time, have a few beers. But you've got to be careful. To come back and to have a, an exchange at 6 o'clock in the morning, not a good look. They'll be fined. I don't know how the Dragons are going to go this year. I really feel that they're going to struggle. I see them finishing in the bottom four. I know they've got the bye in round one. But after six or seven weeks, they want to win some games. They, they need to be winning games early because it could go pear-shaped very quickly. Second favourite in the most losses market behind the Dolphins. $5. Dolphins, two sixty. Well, just on top of what we heard last year about the culture of the club. You know, when only having three players turn up to presentation the presentation night. night. Mm. You know, then you say that you've worked hard on connecting in the off-season and then you have an incident like this. And at 6 o'clock in the morning, that's... Unacceptable. Give us a call, 133353. Send us a text, 0419767272. Harry Styles, is he one of yours, pup? What do you mean? One of my what? I don't know. Give you a few singles or whatever? A few cassettes of Harry? Mm. No, no cassettes. No CDs. No, he, well, he was, the, he was in One Direction, wasn't he? Back in the... In the heyday. Yeah. Now he's rocking it on his own. So it looks like he's just landed in Australia and, yeah. I see he's done a shooey on stage or something. Yeah. Really adapting. Harry Mania. He's in Sydney Oh, right, okay. Ed Sheeran's in town. I know that. He's in Sydney. Actually, he's. I think he's playing Saturday night in Sydney. Yeah, I think Friday as well. Friday, Saturday. I I know it's on the back page of the uh, Herald today. Uh, Tars Brumbies go all all out to win back crowds. They're trying to get 30,000 there on Allianz Stadium uh, to start the Super Rugby Pacific season. I know they're worried about the uh, crowd being cannibalised by everyone going to Ed Sheeran. Mm. So that's uh, Friday night. And uh, just uh, that article in the Herald, Darren Coleman and and the Waratahs have sent uh, a letter to... Well, basically all the clubs around the state, suburban clubs, subbies, country clubs, whatever, just imploring them for their support as uh, the new season kicks off. We're going to speak to Nomani Nadolo, who's uh, got some story. Uh, left the Waratahs back in 2010. He's had a great career overseas in various competitions, 32 tests for Fiji, and we'll speak to him later this morning as he uh, has come back to the Waratahs this year. But just, uh, we didn't get to it on the back page of the Daily Telegraph as well. Young to wing it to Roosters. So it's a critical week for a host of players who are trying to make a call on their futures. A lot want to make the call before, obviously, round one starts Thursday week. And uh, one of those players is Knights winger Dominic Young. And uh, this article on the back page of the Telly Loz... The Roosters, they've got another. I'm confused with this because the Roosters, well, what does this mean for Joseph Swali'i, who they're set to obviously offer a lot to, mm. to try and keep him there for next season as well? Um, they've got Tedesco. They've got Joey Manu. Well, they can recruit a player, the Roosters. <laughs> Can't they? They don't miss out on too many. And if this report is true, it's likely that, Dominic Young's going to go to the Roosters and you just throw him into that back line and it just gives them even more strike. And it seemed like uh, a bit of a bidding war for him. Like yeah. Pl- plenty of interest everywhere. Well, they're saying that he knocked back the highest bidder, which was the Dolphins. As right. you can understand, they've got a war chest up there. Uh, and, and the Titans uh, apparently went all in as well. Uh, this is a blow to Newcastle because Newcastle uh, gave Dominic Young an opportunity. He had a really good season. And then he went away at the World Cup and just blitzed it for England. So he's been in high demand. The Roosters, though, they met with him. Uh, Trent Robinson uh, took him out for dinner, sat down, spoke about the footy program, uh, what he could do, how he can improve his football. And it looks as though he's agreed to go and sign with the Chooks. So in terms of what it, where it leaves Swali'i, uh, I'm unsure. Uh, because you, you do look at their team, in particular those like Joey Manu, your James Tedesco's, uh, Joseph Swali's, they are going to be million-dollar players. Mm-hmm. And Tedesco's probably a million-dollar player. He would be a million-dollar player already. Uh, but Manu and Swali'i, when they, they're off next, they're going to be worth every bit. Uh, then you throw Dom Young in there, and you would think that he'd have to be on half a buck. Geez, they're tying up some money yeah, in geez. four players. Mitchell Moses, that's the big one, though, isn't it? And he said he wants to make 
you know, wants to get it done by round one. Well, time's running out. And uh, it'll be... Oh, the longer this goes, the more it makes me think, gee, the Tigers could end up with him. Well, they were impressive on the weekend, the Tigers against the Raiders, who were disappointing. And again, it was only a trial match. Uh, but if he's looking at where he thinks his next premiership or his first premiership's going to come, uh, which team is he going to win it in? Does, is, is it Parramatta? Is it, is it the Tigers? Um, that's the decision that he'll have to weigh up because financially they're both going to be worth a bit of money, although the Tigers is worth more. Um, he gets a chance to go and play with his great mate Luke Brooks if he goes to the Tigers. And if Luke Brooks has re-signed, though, Well, you'd think that Luke Brooks had re-signed. That'd be part of the attraction, wouldn't it? But then Dewey sign for next year. Yeah, they'd probably look Can to play they Dewey. Maybe they'd probably look to play Dewey in another position, play him at a centre or, mm. or a fullback. Um, but can they afford them all? Yeah, they can. Well, look what the Roosters are doing. <laughs> if the Roosters can do it, the Tigers certainly be able to do it. We need an accountant in here. <laughs> so I, I, I think that Mitch Moses, wherever he goes, financially be right. It's just where he wants to play and where he thinks his best chance of winning a competition is going to be. Um, Parramatta, they made the grand final last year. I can't see them going to a grand final this year. Mm. Oh, you know, But that's not to say they can't rebound the following season or 2025. Um, but it's a big decision for Mitch Moses because he's coming to the back end of his career, even though he's, what, 27, 28? He's still got you know, five, six years in front of him, but he's got to get it right if he wants to win a competition. He's got to work out which team is going to provide him the best opportunity to do that. Um, just on the text line, morning, lads. Tell me something. Is El Daly short of a buck? Saw him on a TV commercial here in Canberra for United Lawyers. Dreadful commercial. Says Gary from Gary. Love the show. Gary, uh, it's on one of Gary. the best. It's one of the best ads you have seen in a long, long while. We were alerted to this ad last week. Yeah. I still haven't seen it, though. But uh, apparently Loz yeah. had to act in it. So we're desperate to see it. A couple it. of different scenes. A couple of different couple scenes. A couple of different scenes, <laughs> okay. yeah. So we'll try and track this one down. Uh, morning, boys. Just a question for Lozza. If Teddy went down, James Tedesco, just before Origin, do you think Dylan Edwards would be the choice or would or should be the choice at fullback for New South Wales? Loving the show. Gents, Bryce from Warilla. He would certainly be right up there he'd in consideration. Have to be close. He'd have to be close, yeah. Obviously, you've, you've Gutho got, would be up there yeah, as well. But yeah, but I think, I, I think Dylan Edwards off the back of last season, if he starts the year like he did last year... He continues to put pressure on the likes of James Tedesco. He's never going to bump Tedesco out of the fullback role. But what he does, he, if he continues to play the way he has, he's the next man up. Mm. You just go, well, his performances deserve selection and to get an opportunity at some stage. So I would, I would think yes. Gee, I can't wait to see when the first Origin Bolter story comes. Round oh, one or two? Oh, it might be <laughs> tomorrow with Bulldog. He'll probably have a bolter there somewhere. He always leads the charge early. <laughs> Gee, he was good yesterday, Bulldog. Was he? Yeah, he was good. What did he have? What goal did he have yesterday? Well, he... what? Did he break any stories? No. Did he give any strong opinion? Well, he did on the cricket, but who didn't? <laughs> it was quite <laughs> it was easy to unanimous. do that, wasn't it? It was very easy to give it to the cricketers. Uh, okay, so we are going to continue our NRL previews for season 2023 and we're up to the team that finished fifth last season the Melbourne Storm 15 wins and 9 defeats and then they went to that elimination final at Amy Park to host the Canberra Raiders they were beaten 28 to 20 their gains for this season they got Tarek Sims from St. George Illawarra Alicia uh, Katoa from the Warriors and amongst their losses well Brandon Smith the big one isn't he Gone to the Roosters. Uh, they had Felice Kafusi, Jesse Bromwich, and Kenny Bromwich all leave to go to the Dolphins. Remember, they had David Norfoluma at the uh, back end of last season, but he's gone back to the Tigers as he was only there on loan. Cooper Johns was released and has ended up at Manly. Uh, their odds for this season, well, they're uh, right up there in premiership betting. Oh, I've just lost the market for premiership for the premiership, but uh, I think that was $7 on the third line of betting. 
Yeah, I can understand why. The I mean, and the Roosters. under Craig Bellamy, they've just been a remarkable outfit. And while they've lost plenty of experience, they have gained um, a guy like Tarek Sims. But they've got some young kids who have been in the system now for a couple of seasons, and they should be ready to, to play their best football. Um, the thing that concerns me with Melbourne is early in the year without Pappenhausen, who gives them plenty of strike at the back, and Justin Ollum. Um, they might be inconsistent to start the year. But if they can get their best 17 on the paddock and play finals, then they're a chance of, of winning a comp. There's no doubt about that. Um, Are they sol- short of forward or two, Loz? Uh, well, d- depends how these young guys kick. So Katoa is a really good player, and I thought he played well on the weekend. Trent Lalero is a very good player. So you've got um, Joe Chan from the Catlins Dragons. But they're probably 12 months away. I, I reckon Chan's probably 12 months away from showing us what he's really got. Uh, Lalero's been in and out of the system now for a couple of years, but they need him to really start the season strongly. You look at up front, they've got Sofa Solomona, you've got Christian Welsh, you've got uh, Kamakamitha, um, who didn't play on the weekend, but he's a really good player as well. Um, I, I worry about them if they get some injuries and they haven't started the season off in the best of shape losing Pappenhausen and Justin Ollum. So I can see them being a little bit flip-floppy at the start. I can see them winning a game, losing a game. Um, but they look as though they've got a fine wing prospect in Will Warbrick. Um, such a big man on the mm. weekend. Yeah, so they've got good. some tall timber on the edge there with Xavier Coach and, and Warbrick. Um, yeah, Remus Smith is back this year. Um, you've got... Pappenhausen, who I think will be back at the back end of the year. I, I, I think he'll miss the majority of the first part of the season. Uh, which that's a massive blow. Yeah, it is. It is. I think that's the difference between maybe finishing top four and not having Pappenhausen out. Um, but uh, look, they'll, they'll be playing finals football, I think. But I don't think, I don't think top four at this stage. Well, they start, and we know they've got that amazing round one record. Uh, they are favourites in round one, but they're travelling to Parramatta. Uh, $1.65 the Storm, Parramatta $2.25 on Thursday week to kick off yeah. the season. Their system is so good at Melbourne that you know that they'll play finals, more than likely play finals. And what they've been able to do is build a spine or have a spine and then build a team around it. And they did it with Slater and Smith and Cronk. And they're doing it exactly. They're doing exactly the same here with, you know, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, Munster, and Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, so if you can get all four on the field, that's as good a spine as any team in the competition. The one thing I did notice about the Storm on the weekend when they did play the Warriors was they moved the ball a little bit more, and they weren't as structured as what they were in the past. So I'm wondering whether this might be a a different style of Melbourne Storm because a lot of those experienced players, they've been in the system and they just roll through it year after year. So I'm wondering whether Craig Bellamy has sort of looked at this team and sort of looked at their strengths and thought, you know what, we can play a little bit of a different style of football here this year. Let's move the ball in particular from inside our own half. Let's create a few more offloads, which Christian Welsh and uh, Asafra Solomona can do. And by doing that, it also brings Munster, Jerome Hughes into the game and if Pappenhausen's sniffing around the middle and f- working off those offloads, then he becomes a real threat as well. They just do player development better than anyone else, don't they? Craig they, Bellamy yeah. and his staff. It's just those middle-of-the-road players. They just squeeze the lemon and get the maximum out of them. And you, and you saw that. You mentioned a couple of names. Loiro last year. Alec McDonald was another one. They plucked from seemingly nowhere. Yeah. Uh, gave them plenty of value. Josh King. He's a mainstay in this team now. Got an opportunity last year. So... He's a guy that just does his job, and that's what they've been able to do, Milton. They get these players, they really understand where they fit into the system and what they're actually looking for to bring to the club. They're not like just go and pluck a player and say, well, we want you, and now we'll work out where we're going to play you and what type of uh, attributes you bring to our club. They've identified what their capabilities are. They've identified what their weaknesses are and they identify how they best put them into the system, and then they just roll it up. And then they send them out there, and they look as though they don't miss a beat. Uh, And that's good coaching, uh, it's good talent ID, um, and it's also the fact that that those players are prepared to work hard, give themselves the best chance of success. 
And they know playing under Craig Bellamy, he demands a lot. They give him a lot. Um, and they improve. Not many players go to Melbourne and come out of their worst players. They all go down there and simply become better players. On the text line here, boys uh, having expectations around the Bulldogs dropped dramatically in the last couple of days. Now need a fullback and Pengai injured again and out until round five, says the factor. And yes, that news came through with Tavita Pengai. Uh, suffered a calf injury at training last week. So uh, he's not expected back until round four at least. Uh, but again, we trial say it form. every year, but just calm hold, down. yep, just hold, be calm, <laughs> be calm, everyone. I, 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 look, I do have an issue at fullback though. Hayes Per, really? Give him time, give him time to see how he goes. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played a lot of football, gets an opportunity. They just need other people to stand up, the Bulldogs. That, 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 they'll get better as the season goes on. It's a new team. It's a new-look team, new coach, getting used to different systems. It might take a bit of time. But I don't know whether the Bulldogs will play finals. You look at their best 17, you go, yeah, that's, that's capable of playing finals football, but they need to be consistent and they need to win some games early. You, know, you, you just don't want to be inconsistent early. But one thing you do know about the NRL is that most teams – will go win-loss, win-loss, I reckon, because there's always that inconsistency. Not inconsistency to start, but it's, you know, once you lose a game, you know, you, you work hard and obviously you come out the next week and you're really motivated and focused to, to get your first win on the board. Um, you know, it's the heat. Um, some players aren't as fit as what they probably should be. If your completion rates aren't high, you can struggle. There's plenty of reasons why you can win and lose early in the piece. It's after about round four, round five, where you start to actually assess the teams with a lot more information that you can get a, I don't know, a firmer guide on where you think they're going to end up. But I reckon early in the season, it's always difficult to predict who's going to win and who's going to lose. You'll always see upsets. We're going to see upsets, no doubt about that. Yeah. I remember last year was at Newcastle, 2-0. and How'd that turn out? They beat the Roosters in Sydney. Ooh, that's right, they did too, yeah. didn't they? I don't think too many people were giving Newcastle a, a chance. And then they struggled after that, um, which is a big disappointment because they set the bar reasonably high, didn't they, mm. winning those, food, uh, those two games. And the other thing about Newcastle, their attack in those first two weeks. They look sensational. They look very good. And, and I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> uh, we've got Macca. G'day, Macca. Morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Pretty good for a Tuesday, mate. What have you got for us? Uh, well, I've got to I want to talk about a couple of things about the weather-wise on the weekend. Last weekend was the first round of the NPL for the youth. And to tell you the truth, it was a very hot day to play. Now, if they knew the weather was going to be that bad, why continue playing the game? And how do you expect these kids to play their best ability when it's very hot? And especially the majority of them, 80% of them are playing all on synthetic field. And all of a sudden, we went there on Saturday. It was a camp of matter. And you know what, how it is out in that way. It's very, very hot. Mm. At 3 o'clock, it was boiling. I'm, I was sitting on the seat with an umbrella over my head. I was still sweating. One thing I will say, you know? it's the middle of February yeah. in Australia. I mean, the, anyone who's running a competition has yeah. got to know there's a chance it could be 40 degrees. I mean, and not it's only the middle that, of it's summer. Hot. <laughs> I mean, you can't play your best. Let's be honest. They're kids as well, between 13 and 18 year old boys. Mm. Look, they're not going to play their best. Let's be honest. Nah, I'm, and, and, and it's too hot, and they're walking, they're suffocating. How do they know they have a heat stroke? They have to collapse. Do you they have know. extra breaks and all that type of stuff, Macca? Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Like every right. probably 10, 15 minutes, but still, yeah. by the time you have a break, you've got to go back up. Oh, you've got yeah. to run again. Yeah, the only issue I'd, I'd say, mate, is that. They'd have a number of games that they've got to get through. And if you ask the kids whether, you know what, boys, you can play or you don't have to play, we'll cancel them. I reckon most of the players that still want to play, wouldn't they? They would hate to see the games be cancelled because of the heat. 100%. I agree with you. Now, I want to say another thing. I love the NRL preseason on Fox and all that. I enjoy every minute of it. Amazing talent. Even the guys that are coming from the reserve graders. But don't you notice, Laurie, that there's so many Pacific Islanders and very rarely you see a lot of Australian players. Like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe my eyes. I said, wow. I was talking to my brother about it. I said, wow. 
look how many Pacific Islanders there is. They're made for the sport, but Australian people, they say, hang on, I'm going to put my son in that team. My son's too small. He's going to get hurt. These Pacific Islands are made for football, and they've got amazing talent, you know? They, they but, certainly have, Macca, and that's one of the reasons why we're seeing the rise and rise of the Tongas and Samoas, uh, because they are made for our game, Rugby League. They, they are such powerful athletes, and they play the game as well as anyone, um, and they will be... They, they, I think they make up more numbers now than ever before uh, in the NRL. There's, there's a lot of Pacific Islander uh, players in our game, uh, and they've got such great skill, and they've got so much power. Um, and, you know, that's why there's also this talk about state of origin and, um, you know, in regards to eligibility, uh, because the numbers are swinging uh, so far. But, you know, the game is open to, to anyone. Uh, we want to see as many people play our sport as we possibly can. We, we don't care where they, they come from. You know, we want to make sure that people support rugby league, they play rugby league. Um, and, you know, Pacific Islander players, we're only going to see more of them into the future. And that's why they will be strong. And, and, and they could overtake Australia at, at some point in time as the best rugby league uh, country. Because you saw, saw what Samoa did in the World Cup. We've saw, uh, seen what... Tonga have done in the past, and I'll tell you, they're only getting stronger. Uh, yesterday, congratulations to Molly Picklam, 20-year-old from the Central Coast, Shelley Beach there, and she is the new no- world number one, along with Carissa Moore of Hawaii, after she won her maiden world surf league title at Sunset Beach there in Hawaii, beating American Caroline Marks in the final, Molly Picklam. A name to keep an eye on, no doubt about that. The NBA All-Star Game yesterday, which is uh, farcical, let's face it, but uh, 184 to 175. Team Giannis beat Team LeBron. Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, he set the All-Star Game record. 55 points he had to be named the most valuable player. And uh, just seeing uh, some reports over there, ESPN reporting that Russell Westbrook who was recently traded from the Lakers to the Utah Jazz, is set to return to LA with the Clippers after completing a contract buyout. So Russell Westbrook heading to the Clippers, who obviously don't really value their chances of winning a championship. No, just kidding. They'll, uh, <laughs> they've got, obviously, Sad. Paul George there and uh, Kawhi Leonard. And that now All-Stars game, no, Mido. Oh, I mate. saw a bit of that yesterday. Oh, what, a, what a joke. That is a joke, isn't it? Giannis only played, what, 20 seconds? He came on, put a oh, basket, I, I didn't put watch the ball much, in the basket. It's and then not that a real game. It. LeBron did his finger yeah. on mm. the ring or in the ring. In the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, you too. No, I just... <laughs> Yeah. Going there. Yeah. So, did you see? Got oh, your mate, didn't he? <laughs> he your mate, Damien Lillard, <laughs> caught in the net. <laughs> <laughs> caught in the trap. Nothing but net, you know. Nothing but net, buddy. Goodbye, you. Um, yeah, Damien Lillard, half quarter. Did you see that one, Loz? Never heard of him a couple of years ago. Oh, he had to put some respect in his name, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't see that one. But uh, finger stuck, in, finger stuck in ring. I can't. LeBron James. There's a headline today over in the states. <laughs> what have we got in here? Oh, oh, it's one of those days. You know, it's one of those days. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Now, <laughs> you, you, love you love that, don't you? You love those. Did you see the Japanese actually? Uh, Japanese yeah, backpacker on a scooter going no. from Melbourne to Cairns. No, I didn't. Backroads. If anyone's come across back him, he's been going through the backroads. I think he's gone well, through a charity. Where's he going from? Where? Uh, just a Japanese backpacker who's come to Australia. He's going from Melbourne to Cairns oh, on no. a scooter, but like, oh. not, not an mean, electric Vespa? scooter. Oh. No, no, no. One of those razors, you know. Like, oh, pushing himself. Yeah, pushing himself. Did you have sore glutes by it's the end of it? 3,000 Ks or so. Has he got one of those little wheels on the front that you don't want your kids to use because you fall over and lose your two front no. teeth, or is he upgraded? <laughs> Surely he's upgraded to... scooter. One of the razors, I think. Okay. Electric? No. Hmm. Okay. No, just Not for charity. Like... Just feels like... Well, I, I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but uh, people are taking him, you know, into their homes along the way. Obviously not busy at work. Just take a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Scoot around well, the world. That's one way to backpack around Australia, isn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you what I did see at the airport. 
People. No. Aeroplanes. No, it's one of the funniest things I've, I've ever seen. All right? So, uh, you know how you got the travel, are they called travelators? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you walk or you can jump on and just take Stand. your Oh, the ones yeah. that are on flat. Flat, you, yeah, 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 To flat. make you go quicker. Yeah. Because mm. you've so got luggage. I, you know I saw this um, gentleman pushing um, a lady in the wheelchair mm-hmm. and they get on the travelator and he starts sort of walking and next thing you know, people are yelling and screaming. And he's going the wrong way. So he's trying to push trying to push the wheelchair on the travelator, going the wrong way. People are coming towards him and people are going, get away, get away, you're going the wrong way. Anyway, they're going to the side and he's still trying to push. He had no idea he was going the wrong way. There were people filming this bloke with their phones and they're yelling and screaming at him going, mate, you're going the wrong way. And he still didn't jerry until people had to go over. The security had to go over and physically get him and go, mate, you can't do it on this travelator. This is the one that's going to take you where you need to go. How dumb is that? I thought I was dumb. Yeah, he's made But that was that was the dumbest thing I've ever, ever seen. I think... Poor guy as well. I think he might have just no, 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 mate. He was he was in the right. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> okay, mate. Well, it was the oh, funny. Was he like so... telling people, mate? Sweet. He was going, mate. I know what I'm doing. He might have wanted a bit of extra fitness to go against the grain. Mate, it was the funniest thing. People, so it's you one that hasn't been on. Have you ever walked? You know the you know, travelator in like the that. shopping centre. Have you ever walked up the wrong way? Of course you have. As a kid, that was fun. Yeah, this bloke wasn't a kid. <laughs> This was a mature Okay, I can't, just, I can't help him anymore. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. And people were sort of telling him what to do, yeah, and he, he was like, no, listening. Harvey. Okay. Oh, well. Was that in New Zealand? Or was that no, in no, Australia? no. There was just Australia when oh. I was leaving. Okay. And I, I just had to laugh. I, I, I could not believe it was happening. <laughs> and he didn't want to listen. Didn't want to listen. But, mate, in the end, there was a crowd, and everyone's yelling and going, mate, you're going <laughs> the wrong off. way. And he's like, what, what? And then he goes, right, I've got it now. Did he feel like he was going backwards? No, yeah, no. he was trying to push it as hard. Going, going backwards. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Special. You needed the Very vision. special human. Uh, now, some Knights fans on the text line. Morning, boys. Please, please read this out. Knights have lost a very promising player in Dom Young to the Roosters because their dud recruitment officers wasted all their money buying duds like Gagai, Man, and overpaid for Ponga, who hasn't delivered for them. Made him captain, but what player... Uh, would follow what player ch- ch- would follow a captain who goes out of his way not to get his hands dirty? His defence is atrocious. Give the captaincy back to uh, DSAF, Daniel Saifidi, I guess that is, and Brayley, who give 100% every game. Cheers, disappointed Newey boys sending that one through. But another perspective here I'm a Knights fan, I can cop Dom leaving. He won't be winning a premiership here anytime soon. And if it's my young bloke, I'd be telling him to do the same thing. But the Roosters, seriously, look at the players and tell me the salary cap is even. I can't cop that. It's embarrassing, says Huey Mick. And we've had a few uh, texts like that in regards to the Roosters this morning. But, yeah, the Knights... uh, Well, it's not a great endorsement, Mido, if you can't keep your players, and in particular a player like Dom Young, who's been given an opportunity to go over there, Plays very well, goes to a World Cup, exceeds expectation, comes back. A lot of clubs are chasing you. You would think if he was happy where he was and if he was confident in the footy program that's going to get better and better, then he'd stay. Because that's how the Roosters sell it to people. You come and play with us, we might match the money, but what we're able to do for you is provide you a good environment where you're going to improve as a footballer and improve as a person. Um, and that's the way they sell it, and that's the way they get their players. And Newcastle, at the moment, given their inconsistent and poor performances over the last couple of years, they just can't sell their footy program. So they're going to have to, they're going to, have to start winning games of football and show a lot of improvement if they're to recruit or keep their best young players. We had a question earlier this morning uh, pondering if James Tedesco wasn't available, would Dylan Edwards be 
uh, the next in line for the fullback jersey for New South Wales as we're getting right ahead of ourselves here. But uh, just this text, seriously, I'm a Panthers supporter and if Teddy is out for Origin, Turbo and Latrell would be picked ahead of Edwards, says Big Daz. But I reckon that'd be the temptation no, to keep those centers. two in the centres at you Origin. Keep them, I reckon you keep them in the centres. You've got guys like Sawali who'll be available for New South Wales this year. He's on one wing, then you've got Addo Carr on the other wing. You try and fit them all in. And I think that's what Freddie will do, and Freddie showed in the past. So you wouldn't send Tommy T back to fullback? Oh, you could. That formula's worked so well, But the formula's worked so well with Luttrell and Tom T as What do you mean? Didn't we lose the last series? Yeah, but they weren't available. Both those players weren't available. Surely surely if you're Tommy T or Luttrell, you'd much prefer a crack at fullback. Oh, you would, yeah. But I think that for the balance of the team... We've got no other centres? Uh, yeah, you could play Sawali as a, as a centre. Um, who else was centres yeah, the last couple of Stags? years? Oh, yeah, there's fight. plenty of options, but I'm just saying with Dylan Edwards, the way that he's Burton. performed. Burton, Matt, sorry, Matt Burton. no, Burton. What about Burton? Yeah. yeah, Burton's an option. We had Burton and Crichton there for Game yeah. Three last year. Yeah, in the centres. Burton, yeah, Burton, Burton could play Crichton. Stephen Crichton. Yeah, okay. mm. If they're all available, hopefully they will be, and then it's a. You, you, you know, you don't really care who is going to be there mm. because they, you know they will do the job. But Dylan Edwards, for what he's been able to do the last couple of years, if he keeps producing performances like he did, he'll have to get a shot at some stage if there's an opening. Um, you know, you, you've got Latrell and you've got Tom T, who are more naturally gifted than Dylan Edwards. Um, and I'm sure that if you were choosing your fullbacks and you line them all up, who would you take on ability? Yep, you'd have those guys in front of Dylan Edwards. But what he's been able to do just week in, week out has been exceptional. And what he offers to that Penrith team is so important to their st- structure. You know, he gets them going uh, at the back of the field. Um, you know, he's always sniffing around the football. And for the balance of the New South Wales origin team, you're probably more than likely have your Tedesco uh, fullback Latrell and Tommy T in the centres because it's worked so well for me in the past. And in particular, that year where it was COVID affected and it was there was two games in Queensland, it? yeah. They uh, were just unstoppable. And we put 50 on them in Townsville. Yeah, and then we it? beat them at mm. Lang Park. Mm. Latrell and Tom mm. were both, in, in both those games, were you know, the top five top players top on the field. Exceptional. Yeah. Uh, now, you weren't the only one to have glory on the weekend because Pengilly tipped Electric Girl Friday morning one at, what, $8.50? Just seeing on the Today Show. Somewhere in Sydney is trying to sell a schnitty for $40. We've got the spag it's got to be an investigation. Uh, wouldn't be uh, no names, that's for sure. Time's running out to get your tickets for the lunch this Friday. The Big Sports Breakfast Lunch, Winkstand, Royal Ramwick, Blocker, Graham Arnold, Loz Clarky. Great afternoon ahead. And, uh, well, you just got to go to australianturfclub.com.au, australianturfclub.com.au to get your tickets, get your tables sorted for Friday. And uh, if you're coming from the bush, just have an all-up with Chipping Norton Stakes Day at Round Week on Saturday. Perfect. Uh, we've got Adam Pengilly joining us. How are you, Adam? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Good to see Mr. Multi back in the house today. Chef's back. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. chest off, you two. I haven't really mentioned it this morning, Adam, but if you want to talk about it, (laughs) please go ahead. Actually, I've got an idea this week, Loz, and I don't have too many good ideas in life, but I reckon you need to change up the multi just a little bit this week, given that how many guests you have at lunch on on Friday? Four, five hundred at least, something. We have a massive room. Why don't you have a multi on for the Friday races and everyone can watch it with you in the wink stand at the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch? Too much pressure. It would want to win. Hang on, is there any meeting on Friday though? Is there? Oh, there was some, there was some, I think they're racing a Ballina this week, Jared. I, okay. I haven't got Friday. time to do Ballina for oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, yeah, is it the night meeting at Canterbury in this Ballina during the day? Yeah, I haven't got time to no. inform on that. No. Well, I thought it was a good idea, Adam, but you've been scuppered. Uh, was it a good idea? I'll tell you what, a good idea then. You put one together. Do you want me to put one together? Yeah, put one together. I might have a look then. I might have a bit of a sneaky look at the form of a balloner. Yeah, it's beautiful. Good. Put one together like for it. our listeners. Uh, okay. Now, the Dragons, smudgy, fallout. Tell us about it. Uh, it's not good, is it, Jared? It's not good. Uh, we've got a story on the Sydney Morning Herald website naming the two players at the moment. Um, I believe it's Shane Musgrove and Michaeli Ravalawa, the winger. Um, 
who were engaged in a bit of a, a dis- disagreement or a dispute in the early hours of the morning outside their hotel at Mudgee. I'll go back to the point I made a couple of weeks ago, boys. What the hell are they doing out at that time of the morning? Like, I've got no issue with guys going out to have a drink and enjoying themselves and having a good time, but why do you need to be out at 4, 5, and 6 o'clock in the morning? It's just... <laughs> tell me, what good happens from being out at that time yeah. in the morning? I, I know they're not playing for a couple of weeks. I get that. They've got the buy-in round one. But they did play a, what was it, a day game in Mudgee, wasn't it? It was definitely an afternoon game in Mudgee on Saturday. So we had ample time to go out and have a dinner and have a few beers and whatever else. So I just I just don't get it. I just don't get it. It's another distraction. And uh, I think the club did, didn't need leading into the start of the season. They've had a torrid off-season, let's be honest. Like, you go back to Junior Amone and... Cody Ramsey, all the different issues they've had, and to uh, give themselves another black eye with this incident. Yeah, it's probably not the worst thing in the world, but again, like when you know, we got hotel patrons are being woken by it and disrupted by it, of course the news is going to get out at some stage. So, yeah, um, yeah it's really, really unfortunate. I, I'm like you, Adam. I, I you know, I, players after a game, I'm all for them going out, having a couple of beers with each other, but then for this to happen at six o'clock in the morning, that's the big issue for me, and then. It also, we see it happen quite a bit when you're in and around footy teams or any sporting team. You won't have everyone get on. And you'll have, you know, arguments, you know, most weeks with certain certain players. But with everything that happened on the weekend with a poor performance mm. up there in Mudgee, going back to the hotel. Now, I don't know whether they just got home at six or whether they continued drinking when they got home earlier. I, I don't know. But just to have this happen and people see it, it just adds to the narrative that the Dragons are in for a tough year because everything's not right. You know, and yeah. people will look back on the culture of supposed coach uh, culture of the team last year where players didn't turn up for the presentation night. Um, things are supposed to be changed. Looking forward to a exciting new year and we're all together and we're all rowing in the same direction. But when these type of things hit the press, not good. Yeah, and I, I look, I look at that game on on, on Saturday, and you're right, they were, they were awful in the first half. But they, they finished. They would have finished playing at six o'clock. You leave the ground by seven, seven thirty. You've got plenty of time to have a nice dinner and a few drinks with your mates and whatever else. But look, why do you need to still be out at four, five o'clock in the morning? I just don't get it. Like I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I like a beer as much as anyone else, but I know not much good's going to happen after midnight or one o'clock. Yeah. Mm. You need to be at home and and in bed, like the professional athletes as well. So I'm sure we've got training commitments this week. I just. I don't understand, Lawrence, and I, I I feel quite pessimistic about the Dragons' chances this year. I don't want to feel that way, but yeah. that's just, just the honest truth, and I don't know what you think, but I'm, I'm finding it really hard to see them finishing anywhere but yeah. bottom four at the moment. <laughs> well, the issue, issue as well is that it spoils it for everyone, everyone yeah. else in that team now. So, I mean, you know, the next time they, they go away and they want to have a beer, well, you know what? No, you're, you're not going to have a beer. Or you'll have a beer back at the do you hotel. Have you're not with rugby league teams. Well, what, yeah, well, you do and you don't. Yeah. You, you try and treat them like adults, and yeah. you try and treat them like young men, yeah. and give them a bit of authority on their own yeah. to make good choices. You know, you don't want to have to baby them forever. So you try and cultivate, you know, a, a, a culture that if we believe, we trust in each other, that you're going to do the right thing. What's open? And, and soon as so, soon as someone breaks that trust, mm. you spoil it for everyone. Uh, let's talk some racing. And uh, Zach Burton set the return home for uh, some race meetings here during the Autumn Carnival. Yeah, found some really interesting news, Jerry. He's coming back on Saturday leading to the Canterbury Stakes to ride Artorias in that Group 1 event, as well as riding Kings Gambit in the Todman Stakes. He picked up a couple of other rides as well on the, on the support program. So I can't remember Zach being back home in Australia for many, many years now. Certainly not in the COVID era. I don't think he's come back to ride at any of our feature race meetings. So... I suppose that's a huge coup for the Australian Turf Club to get him back here for such an important meeting in the, in the Autumn Carnival. No doubt he'll be coming back to get some, try to get some success. I don't know if you guys read the comments that Zach made in the in the local press in Hong Kong over, overnight um, in regards to the chief steward over there now, Mark Van Gessel, who's very well known for obviously punters and, and race, race goers in, in Australia and Sydney, given he's the chief steward in Sydney for many, many years. He has made some extraordinary comments about Mark saying that he's coming to Hong Kong with the wrong attitude, spending jockeys left, right and centre. It's not going to last wow. long. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I read the, read the story there last night and we know that Zach's a big fish in the, in the jockeys room over there in Hong Kong. He's dominated that scene for many, many years now with Joe Moreira. But to, to sort of read those comments in, in text and in written form was quite extraordinary, I thought. And um, just goes to show where, where, Zach's, uh, where Zach's thinking this might be at the moment. Well, 
he get fined for saying something like that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, certainly, if it was in Australia, I'd imagine the stewards would be hauling him in and having. Yeah, a, you wouldn't a be able to accuse the stewards of being like that here, would you? No, Surely I wouldn't not. think so. I wouldn't think so. I think things work a little bit differently over there. And, and let's be honest, he's a superstar jockey over there at the moment. Yeah. He's he's the main man in the riding room, and he's extremely important to the Hong Kong Jockey Club in terms of generating turnover. He's got a huge following from punters over there. But geez, I found the comments interesting. He got suspended on the weekend. I think his comments were sort of racing. If I get suspended for that, we don't have any jockeys left in the jockeys room. We've only got a small limited pool of jockeys, and this guy's come over here just suspending us all left, right, and centre. It's just not going to work. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, gee, has a mist, has he? I'm just reading in the South China Morning Post. Yeah. Uh, yeah, extraordinary stuff. Uh, who caught the eye, eye at the trials yesterday? Oh, first of all, Shane DeRose, Jared. Uh, I thought she was great. She's back at the trials now, getting ready for a big campaign. And we keep banging on about the fact that the, 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 the guard is changing our sprinting ranks in the moment. We've seen next to not quite back at his best in the, at the end of the spring last year and his first up run the Lightning Stakes. So she's a horse that can definitely step up and fill the void as one of our top four or five sprinters in the country. I think Bjorn's targeting her at the Galaxy first up, which looks a really nice race at Rose Hill, 1,100 metres. She'll obviously settle close to the speed. And given what she did last spring, she went a long way in a very short space of time and culminated running well in the Everest, only beating a few lengths. I think she's more than capable of stepping up and trying to add a group one, at least a place into a resume in the autumn. And uh, what's going on with the Golden Slip at the latest order of entry? Yeah, it's just come out yesterday, Jerry, having a very quick walk, and I found it very interesting. James Cummings got off and have five horses in the 16 at the moment, so they're very well stocked heading towards the Golden Slipper. Obviously, they'll sort of sort out the right path for those horses heading towards either the Blue Diamond this week or the Golden Slipper. But some of those magic millions horses, I'm talking about Skirt the Law and Summer Loving, they need to get some prize money to be able to force their way into the field as it stands at the moment. So I think Tony Golden's bringing the magic millions when I skirt the law down to Sydney this week. She probably needs to run well if she's going to force her way into the field. So can to see how she goes and uh, put that magic millions form to the test. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. See you, boys.